My name is Jesus Pagan, and you're listening to Just Conversation. Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in 5, 4... What does live mean? Uh-huh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we discuss complex philosophic ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. And if you haven't already, remember to hit that subscribe button so you can get notified the moment new episodes release. We are doing this weekly, guys! Yay! Yay! It's always been weekly, but, you know, if you're excited about... If you haven't noticed... If you haven't noticed that in the last, like, two years or three years or, like, 50 years... How long have we been doing this for life? A hundred years. hundred years. This is the oldest podcast. Fact. Fact. That's totally not a lie. Yes. Anyways, today we've got an exciting show for you guys. we got a, a Jesus Pagan, which is a complex name to begin with anyways... But yeah, we're going to have some interesting discussions with the senor about uh, quite a couple of things. We dive into uh, the mind a lot, mental illness and mindfulness and meditation, the power of the mind over the body. It's a very heady episode, so if those are the episodes you like, this is the one. It's also kind of a serious toned episode. We're usually joking around with our guests or whatever, but this is a more serious conversation we have throughout the course. Well, and also he's a member of the Writers Club at our website if you don't know about the writers club it's on graythoughts.info like our um podcast uh yeah so before we jump into that episode we're gonna have a quick uh a couple of shout outs to some uh podcasts that yeah have we've been... been hearing a lot of podcasts lately yeah 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 and we some of these talk uh... about them we are yes and these are particular podcasts because well if uh, if you guys don't know already if you have some sort of a, a website or an instagram or twitter something that you are being creative on if you have some creative input uh and you enjoy our show go rate our show and leave us with your comment whatever it is that you're doing and we'll check it out yeah we'll check it out leave a name for it we'll go look it up and if we like it we're gonna talk about it on the show the way we're about to do right now and uh so quickly want to run through two of these and then we're gonna linger a little longer on one of these so okay cool first i want to discuss the things my friends say podcast shout out to the things my friends say podcast that show hilarious a couple of friends hilarious. gathered <laughs> we're talking about but these are like bros these are like real life bros they are bro not that they're the definition of the term bro but they're like bros to each other and they'll say the most random disrespectful shit to each other and i love that that's real friendship that's a show about real friends who f- speak to each other the way that real friends speak to each other and it was just uh, the episode we listened to was uh reminiscing about uh high school days and it made me reminisce about while they were talking about some of their dumb shit i was like comparing it in my head do you have any embarrassing high school events that you want to talk about embarrassing high school events nah man all the embarrassing stuff happened before high school and then i came into high school kind of ready to tolerate and deal and it was kind of an easy coast i was was pretty exaggeratedly popular in high school. It was a problem. Well, that's in my not life. fun. Want to talk about some em- embarrassing events before high school? Then before high school, no. What embarrassing events happened in your life in high school? So many. I don't know. I I spilled milk all over myself one time. I remember how that happened. I think someone bumped into me. That's not really embarrassing, but 
I guess it was in front of someone that I had a crush on or something. So that made it like an embarrassing moment. Yeah. And it was them that I was bumping into. Oh, fantastic. It's so. probably like an, uh, what I'm assuming happened is somebody was standing somewhere that anyone else would have noticed they were there, but you didn't. And then you bumped into them and dropped something in a moment that nobody else would have dropped something. I think they bumped into me. You think okay. they bumped into you? <laughs> Yeah. Were you backing up when it happened? No, they were. They were backing up? Yeah. Man, maybe I'm the only person who never bumps into people. Maybe. But that's weird. Whatever. Uh, let's see. Do I have anything? Nah, everything was kind of crazy. I used to beat people up once in a while. That was entertaining. But it, look, I wasn't like a bully or anything. I wasn't. It sounds like you're a bully. Yeah, but I wasn't picking on anybody weak. Usually how it would go is somebody was messing around with one of the douchey nerdy kids. And like, whatever, they're talking crap. And I hate the nerdy kids who make the, the, if you look, there's kids who are trying to participate in class. That's totally fine. I don't mind. Participate. Whether you're right or wrong, at least you're involved. But then the, the stupid, smart ass kids will come and correct them and try to humiliate them because they didn't get the right answer. Like it's a fucking competition about getting the right answer instead of just kind of, hey, I'm brave enough to participate. But some of these douchey, mouthy kids with brains would come and fuck around with the kids who are not getting the right answer. That would discourage them in the future. That's going to mess them up. They're, they're going to be like, I'm other dumb. people's lives. Yeah, they're ruining other people's futures, essentially, and thinking they're the smart asses. Oh, I know this, I know that. So I would then respond and explain how their smart ass answer is wrong, too. I would love doing that. And when they would get, and I would push them to the limit so that they would have to get physical on me so then I could beat the living crap out of them. Loved those moments. To trigger people so far they had to get physical because they couldn't outsmart me. Loved it. Loved it. Oh, God. So if anything, my embarrassing stories are other people's embarrassing moments. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was douchey douches who thought they were, uh, because they weren't strong, they weren't powerful, and they would get, you know, they would get their rocks off doing that. Fucking making other people's days suck through words. Because there were the bullies outside just beating up on the weak. And those assholes fucked those assholes, too. But there were douchebags who were You're ruining... just beating up bullies all over the place? Yeah. Yeah. And then I paired with Nuna. And then me and Nuna would go around jumping people, pretty much. That was entertaining. Good times. Good times. Hitting people in high school. And then I was cool with all the teachers, especially the people in power, like high executive people in the school. So I kind of had an easy coast. It was great. And uh, high school moments. memories. Uh, high school memories. Yeah. Anyways, the, the the specifically that episode, I don't remember what the name of that episode was, but you should look for that. It was the latest one whenever this is recorded, but you could be listening to this a million years from now. So pff, assume, look for the date of this and think a month back from that point. Whatever. Anyways, the Things My Friends Say podcast. That is great show. Super funny. Loved it. Second shout out, the Crypto Kid podcast fantastic okay pretty educational yes very informative uh so this introverted kid is sitting behind the mic he's well informed on all of this crypto world that's slowly starting to consume the planet started with bitcoin and uh it's slowly been taken over and he's been there looking at the numbers checking out what investors are into uh, looking at all these little details seeing what coins go up in price what coins go down in price or whatever it's a virtual stock basically and uh his podcast is essentially uh informing you on it they're very short which is very pleasant they're like that's 15 minutes yeah pretty great because there's a lot of information yes and you 
get nice burst of it. The, what, the one thing I will say about this is that it's balanced off particularly well because of how introverted and pasty is. It's kind of boring information, but information you sort of need if you want to jump in there. And if somebody was flying through this information going quickly, you're not going to grab shit. Yeah, because it's like it's numbers and it's statistics. You're not going to catch any of it if somebody's just running down a list of this information. Mm -hmm. The fact that one, it's a short episode. And two, he's calm and collected. He's going through it smooth, soft, slowly. He, there's no way you can miss anything. If you miss anything, it's because you literally tuned out and walked away or something. He's being very paced, very cautious. So you can't lose any information with this podcast. So the Crypto Kid podcast, 100% worth checking out. If you are interested in getting into cryptocurrencies, you're going to learn a bunch of things. He's always checking out. Uh, it's a great way to discover new coins. He discusses new coins when they come out. Uh, he discusses the literal ups and downs of prices in these stocks and these coins. Uh, you can find out which coins investors are checking out. So you can kind of start looking in that direction and see what's happening. Yeah, if you have no idea about that and you want to get into that. Yeah, definitely. Jump in there. That's that's where the good stuff is. If you want to suddenly get rich one day, you can't do it without ever trying. Yeah. And the only way you can try is if you get some information because you don't want to go in blind trying and then fucking get robbed or bend up broke as hell. So if you're already dry, if you got a little commute, you're, you're taking a shower or something, just put it. Listen to somebody feed you some information before you know it. You might be as informed as him and you could go in and do it. Do it, man. Do it. Do it. So the Crypto Kid Podcast. That's a great, fantastic iTunes, Stitcher, wherever the hell you want to find it, I guess. I don't know. Wherever he might be. We heard it on iTunes. And now what I want to focus on. Yay. The Tennis Podcast. Two guys, one show. <laughs> Just like ours. Just like ours. So, this is this is a list podcast, but but boy, let me tell you, this is not any list podcast. This is the list podcast. We're they just breaking down a list. Yeah, but they have a twist. One guy brings in a. They alternate every week who brings in the list, and then it's the job of whoever didn't bring in the list that week to guess what position everything is on the list first they got to guess what's on the list and then they got to guess what position the things on that list are that is that a fant awesome. yes it was yeah. so fun because at the beginning i'm like okay a list podcast let's give it a shot let's find out and as they start going through first i didn't get when they, when they were talking about like this is what we're gonna do and then they start doing it, and I'm like, oh, shit, wait, hold on. But what about this one? I'm, I'm over here fucking trying to guess things ahead of time. Oh, and we did not guess correctly, but that was fun. We heard the episode about um, the video game councils. Yes. What was the best video game council so councils? Good. And I think your ne- what you thought was number one was the PS4. Yeah. And what I thought was the Switch. Yeah. We were both wrong. Yeah. It We're not going to tell you what it was, but you got to listen to that yeah, episode. The to top find three out. is pretty surprising. Or at least the top 10, maybe. Look, the whole the top 10 blew my freaking mind. But look, fair enough. I, and I, there were consoles that we thought would be much higher on the list that, that were in. Bro, there were some consoles that were so low on that list. I was mind blown. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ruin any of that? Okay, let's not ruin any of that. No, nah, they can go watch it watch it listen i don't know to listen it. to the show 
But no, it was definitely amazing. I loved every second of that. That was great. Um, man, that's such a clever thing they came up with, though. Yeah, and the, because the person listening is also like trying to guess, also like what we were doing. Yeah, it became a game for everyone. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. It becomes a game for everybody, and you're playing along with whoever doesn't know. You're guessing with that person, mm-hmm. and you're getting information about these random things on the list. Yeah, yeah, they got a little breakdown of every single thing that is on the list. In this case, it was uh, the most popular video game consoles of all time. That was the episode. Or the best-selling. There you go. The best-selling video game consoles of all time. And it was a top 25 list. And uh, in every time one of them was revealed, so the, the guy who didn't bring in the list was in here just guessing a console and what number on that 25 list he thought it would be. And when he would guess one... He would be told whether it's on the list, what number it was on, and then be given a little bit of information related to that thing. Like the most popular games on that council, I think, was yes. one of the information that we so learned about. So good. Oh, man. That was such... Look, all of these shows are great, and I enjoyed all three of these shows, but holy shit. Your favorite. 10-ish podcast. Ten-ish. Yeah, I think that was my favorite, too. 10-ish podcast, yeah. man. It was fun. It's like sucks you in. It's you... And the guy who didn't bring the list versus the guy who did. Enjoy. Yeah. Definitely worth it. That is one of the better shows I've heard from, like, the underground community of podcasting. It is definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. Those are some good episodes. Those are some good podcasts. So. Yes, definitely check those shows out. Out. And bring us some shows like those to our attention. Yeah, and it doesn't just have to be podcasts, like anything. podcasts. Any, yeah, anything you bring us is pretty good. If you do art, if you write, if you whatever, if you got a Twitter trying to make famous, not that we're famous or fucking anything, but if you're trying to like bring attention to the thing, just make sure, like uh, Crystalia recently said, don't be a uh, uh, pictures of me. I want that. Like we'll shout it out, but we're not gonna fucking make a breakdown on pictures of you. I think we should. I think we should. Now that I look, as soon as I finish that <laughs> sentence, I'm like, that would actually be kind of fun. That would be. Go through somebody's list of pictures and just talk we about them. Talk about the bad pictures. Only the back pictures. Look, bad if pictures. you <laughs> ask us to rate pictures, we're only going to talk about the worst ones. Yes. Yes. That's great. Because everybody liked the good ones. We're trying to boost up the views on the ones that have been seen less, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's really helpful, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to talk shit about them, but. It's fine. Anybody who hears is going to be like, I want to see. Ooh. Ooh, that's an interesting way to play that. Yeah. Look, we just came up with a game. This is what this podcast does, guys. We come up with games for your entertainment. That's my Batman voice. For your entertainment. Games. That's Batman. Sure. Mm. Sure, that's Batman. Sure. Mm. I feel like Batman changes. Look, he has. Before, he just sounded like a man. Then, I guess the stress of being Batman pushed him onto cigarettes to calm his nerves. Then his voice got real fucked up. Now he sounds like a heavy smoker. Well, that was before. Now his new, new version, I think. He has, like, a robot voice. Oh, because he lost his voice. We're seeing the entire progression. Because he has, like, a real... Like, he lost so- his throat or something? Yeah, so and he, he has, has a little machine. machine. Yeah, we're seeing the whole progression of a cancer. smoker's problem, yeah. He went from, I'm Batman, I am going to save your life, to, I'm Batman, I'm going to save your life, to, I'm Batman, I'm going to save your life. 
So yeah, it's eventually the battery is gonna die, and we're gonna hear that version of it, which is oh my god, so horrifying. Yeah, I thought it would work; it would help him if it is if his intention is to horrify the person. Yeah, (laughs) but look, I don't even remember where I saw something like this. It was a movie where it was that movie. Let's let's plug something crazy famous already. (laughs) Like we're fucking gonna boost it or some shit, which is that movie with uh the artist movie what the fuck was it called it was a great movie violent violent violet ever buzzfeed something i don't know Uh, yeah whatever it's a movie (laughs) by jake gyllenhaal on freaking netflix and there was a robot all fucked up that crawled out of a painting or some shit no it wasn't it was just a piece of art that came to life a robot yeah he was a robot he He was was an art piece i mean he he was in a painting he was a robot but you remember when he was like Oh my god! And he's chasing him, and dude. Chasing him. There are few things as horrifying as that moment. And he was talking. Yeah, he was talking because he was a robot that already talked, and he says a few lines. Yes, and he was just repeating those same lines, but because he was chasing you, it was much more horrifying. Yes, and he was like crippled, walking on crutches or something. But yes. then he got faster and faster, and then eventually he's just in a full stride behind you. Yeah. Oh god! And then he raped him. Yeah, or something of that nature. Look, what I'm trying to get to is that robot mixed with Batman. Like the fusion of those two, like that That moment of that robot fixed with Batman, (laughs) and then Batman shows up. So he has to start walking around with clutches making no, no, him believe no. he's an old man not <laughs> building man. up but <laughs> like <laughs> the middle of that stride where he's kind of like cr- crutched up fast at the yeah. same time before he's like in a full run behind you when he's looking all fucked up and robotic yes Ooh, with the voice his, his cancer voice box thing on <laughs> that chasing you oh fuck no criminal commits horrifying. a crime ever again <laughs> yes like demon batman or some shit yep we hope batman i hope he does that yeah yeah batman and i'm so sorry that your uh cancer has progressed to stage 15 or whatever the fuck it's in now that requires you to have a robot voice is there a stage 15 i don't know how cancer works you are there stages are there stages of cancer i don't people like to make up stages for stuff there's like numbers to shit like, you got stage three fucking diabetes or some shit. I don't know what that means. Is it just the same diabetes, but, like, more? Yes. I don't know. Is it, like, is it more? Is it I don't know. worse diabetes? How? I don't fucking know. It's just a number. You get third degree burn. Different from first degree burn. But it's like, you're burned. It's ultimately the lesson here, right? Well, yeah. But the degree is different. I don't the degree know. is different. The degree Something is, different. is worse. Maybe first degree know. is worse. Is third degree worse? I'm not sure which way it goes. Is whatever. Is higher more? Or is it could cl- be. lower more? I don't know. Whatever. All of this has to do with everything we're going to talk about with Jesus, Pagan. And more. And more. Totally. Totally the fact. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We're going to be... Dis- uh, it's going to be May. It's going to be May discussing a bunch of random crap with uh jesus pagan i hope you guys enjoy he is a very intelligent individual a lot of spirituality running around that individual and i hope you guys enjoyed this conversation hi hi we gotta all start critically thinking like on a higher level than just what we're programmed to already
you know? Yeah, and you know what? That's totally true. I like that you use the word program because it's like the indoctrination system of、uh, Western education specifically, because a lot of educational systems include spirituality and awareness. They include、um, physical fitness in a way that is like literal martial arts and physical disciplining, but、uh, the Western system has a very indoctrinated, systematic sort of breakdown of the mind where you are. Almost taught to not be creative, to think very narrowly inside of a box, to chase the money for the most part at all times, and、uh, people sort of、exactly. get consumed by that, and then don't. A lot of people end up not chasing their dreams, but feeling like they don't have purpose at the same time because they're not happy whether in, they're in the job that they get stuck in or、uh, in the circumstance in life that they're in because they can't think their way out. They've never developed the ability to think their way out. Exactly, because they don't critically think. Yeah, most people don't. <laughs> It's hard to think. think for yourself when people are literally thinking for you majority of the time, and that's what Western civilization basically does. Yeah, they put everything in front of you and say, "Say believe this." And that's what you should think. And that's definitely the case. That's so,、uh, the entire system of like, yeah, companies exist throughout the world, but there's a something about the United States that they teach you. Look, not only is your teacher or your boss the person in charge. But you're never gonna be right the way they are. You're never gonna be financially stable the way they are. You, where you are, it's fine. That's where you will live and die. And that's incorrect. We were taught that we are stuck in whatever system we're in, in whatever、uh, class we're in, and you know, don't have original. Think of high school. The kid who has. Original ideas, and for example, knows the answer better than the teacher. That's the same kid who gets kicked out of the class if he proves proves the teacher wrong in the classroom. Because you're not supposed、exactly. to do that. You're supposed to remain in the narrow. Oh, the teacher's right. Even if I'm right, the teacher's right. I'm wrong. Even if I'm right, that mentality. That because,、um, but it all it also fa- also falls under the line of the teacher. Is basically forced to go with that set of programs. So yes, like unwillingly,、oh, yes. the teacher is like forcing the the next person to think like the teacher. You know? Yeah, yeah, because they went through the same system. They think they're, they're doing it the right、themselves. way. They definitely think they're doing it the right way. They think that their thoughts are that their thought in thinking I am superior in this classroom setting. Is the right way to think because they're also narrow-minded. They they feel almost offended if a child pops up and can teach them something. They're like, "No, I'm the teacher. This is the wrong way." Versus what we all、exactly. consider the good teachers, which were who the people who would teach us to think outside the box, who would、uh, praise us when we did something different. Those are the ones we all respected the most, rather than the ones that followed the narrow structure that was put in front of them, the way they want us to do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's deep, it's complex, and、um, critical thinking is something a lot of people need to do. Because、um, how you get engulfed in your own like in in your own thoughts, and not even your own thoughts. It's like their systematic thoughts, and then like. Like you said, you're forced to like just think inside that box, and you don't see no other way out of it because you don't want to critically think beyond it. Yeah, I think critical thinking should be taught in school. It should be some type of some type of um I don't want to say program, but some type of um teaching lesson, you know, to be to be learned or at、yeah. least. I mean, it wouldn't、um, hurt if there was a program. The problem is who would be teaching this program. 
chances are it would be the same douchebags who did the programming and they would use it as another opportunity to reinforce everything in a different packaging. And and, and find another way to lock it, to lock the, the expanse of thought. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. thought goes beyond. Like, See, what like, I'll say is like, critical thinking yeah, definitely expands the conscious mind. There's something about being able to think outside the box and instead of simply believing information, looking at information from different angles that expands the consciousness and allows you to sort of understand reality on a different level. Beautiful, beautiful the way you said that. But um, exactly, like you got to. You got to think from a 360 perspective. You got to see all around and in and out of it. But like you said, people are narrow minded. So all they see is from a straight line perspective. There is no 360 for them. That's totally true. That's the majority of people. But here's the thing. We're all brainwashed into the system to begin with. We don't even know this is happening. We're not doing it intentionally. And if somebody tells us we're not, we think we're being creative. We all believe we're being creative. Oh, I draw. I'm being creative. It's like, yeah, you're acting creative. You're performing a creative action, but you're not inherently creative. You have to force yourself. Now, the more you do any creative thing, the more your mind expands in any direction you aim with this creativity, the more, because creativity and critical thinking go hand in hand. You have to critically think in order to be creative in the first place. So I think that's the gateway almost. Yeah. To, to expanding the mind you have to take the leap and do something creative by just find something you love and you jump on that road and you perform that thing and you do it over and over and that forces you to critically think to critically the critical thinking expands how you think in general thus your problem solving evolves and how you look at information evolves and you become more self-aware and more conscious yeah you're correct and that's how a lot of people who come from from low low income type of household that's how they become successful by critically thinking outside of what everyone else is already thinking or forced to know and understand like they they themselves the individual who became successful they critically think of a way to get out of that hole that they're in you know yeah it's, it's deep man but i was, I wanted to talk about the topic that you had what was discussing about the mind and like it blew me away because um you were so right well as far as like the 10 percent when you was talking about the 10 percent how much of the mind we actually use yeah like i found that so i found that so interesting because the way you explained it is like a lot of people would never think like that you know what i mean yeah. And they would just be like, well, I don't care. Like they would actually sit there and not care to understand their own mind, which is very sad because that's why the world kind of is, is the way it is because of all these systematic systems that have been in place to keep our minds from overthinking to the power going beyond the 10% kind of. Here's the thing. First of all, because, it's incredibly scary for people yeah. to uh, approach reflection. People are scared of what they might uncover. People are, we're in, an inherently coward creature. Everything that is different, everything that is new scares us. We're scared of failure, but we're also scared of success equally. And the demons that we don't face that hide inside us, the, the fears we have to understand why do I behave this way could turn out to be something so horrifying not necessarily really objectively horrifying, but subjectively, it could just be something so traumatizing that we uncover, and it could 
drastically change our lives and we're comfortable in our lives, whether we feel, you know, I suffer every day or my circumstances is great. It doesn't matter. We're comfortable in whatever we think is happening because that's the norm. So changing that in any manner, shape or form is horrifying. People are really scared to reflect and be like, oh, this is why this is happening, or this is why that is happening. And the idea of success, even failure, because they come hand in hand. You can't succeed without failure, and you can't fail without trying to succeed. Those aren't things that they, they're codependent. They have to. Yeah, it's the, it's the yin and yang. Exactly. They're not mutually exclusive. They have to exist together and people are scared of both of those things if you succeed then you suddenly got responsibility if you fail then you feel you're worth nothing and both of those things completely stop people as for the percentage of our mind we can't really expand to use more than 10 percent but we do use more than 10 percent do you really believe um, I i wanted to touch on that do you really believe that you can't expand beyond 10% of mind capacity? Well, we use 100% of our brain already. It's not that we don't use 100% of our brain. We do use 100% of our brain. We just use 10% at a time on average. I'm sure some people use more, some people use less, but it's about 10% on average. And I'm pretty sure you could expand it, but you also need to, how do I put it? You need to be able to train your body to output the right amount of energy because the reason we use 10% at a time, even if we use 100% of our brain, because there isn't a single part of our brain that isn't used. We use 100% of it, it's just 10% at a time. It's because it it drains 30% of our body's energy at any given moment just using that 10%. Doing more drains us physically. It literally drains. That's why the the exercise that uh, burns the most calories is thinking. You can think your way to weight loss because it's the exercise that wastes the most energy. So it's hard to for a human body to use more than 10% on average. I'm sure there's like somebody on 11, there's somebody on 12, somebody on 13. And I'm sure we can train our way there. But there isn't somebody who's like 100% because then you'd be a vegetable. 100% of your body's resources would be aimed at your brain capacity, you know? Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's like overcharging a battery, kind of. Yes, exactly. So it's not that we we don't have unbelievable capacity. It's that our brain would be draining too much energy too quickly. What I do believe is that we can train not the percentage of use our brain is in, but the awareness at which we use that 10%. The more training, the more awareness, the more we know, the more critical thinking we do, the more we exercise our brain, the more control we have over what goes into that 10% at any given moment. And not, not to cut you off, but um, it's great that you mentioned the fact that you can literally um, begin to lose or like for, formate your body to what you want through just simply through thought. Because um, there was a show, it's probably off air now, but I'm pretty sure you saw Mansers before. And they used to do the university studies and so on and so forth. And there was one that was like, what was the best way to um, get fit or like to get stronger quickly? quickly like was it shakes was it i don't want to say steroids but enhancement pills uh and so on and so forth 
And the number one thing to lose weight or to physically get fit was just by thinking about it while working out. And that blew my mind. Like that made me understand that the mind is a very powerful thing. And that is why monks do what they do. See, monks hold the fucking key to the universe. They have definitely understood very well that using their mind is how they manipulate. They definitely manipulate things we don't even comprehend. But they they, they exist on that training, you know? If more people... Simply, the two terms that I like best, because they do different things within the brain, are meditation and mindfulness. These are two different yeah. activities that exercise mental control. Meditation focuses on taming and being in the moment, sort of disconnecting yourself from the inner voice. You know you how you have an inner voice and it it's always narrating away. It's always saying, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm thinking. This is how I feel about this. This is how I feel about that. That inner voice through meditation gets calmed and you can sort of almost shut it up. Not really shut it up, but it's no longer controlling your behavior. You're, you're acting without thought. That's meditation. It's the silence. It's uh, being in the moment. Then the opposite of that is mindfulness. It's when you train yourself to aim that same little voice at what you want and how you want. So let's say you react negatively when somebody says, uh, let's say you, you go to war and you come back from war and every time you hear gunfire, even if it's in a movie, you have a negative reaction. You immediately get panicky. You immediately freak out. The voice in your head is screaming. It's panicking. And you're not in control. But the mindfulness angle of this would be that that voice, instead of freaking out, oh my god, gunshots, oh my god, gunshots, then in that moment stops and says, why does this scare me? That's You're just controlling the voice to ask that question and give you an answer. While in meditation, the voice ceases. You hear the voice screaming, but you're just watching the voice. You are no longer the voice. You disconnect yourself from the voice in meditation. While in mindfulness, you're the voice and you're controlling it. You're making it do things for you. Those two things people should understand are a great way to sort of take control of your mind and do exactly what you said. You can you can mold your body with your mind because your mind is everything. Everything is mental. You're controlling the universe with your mind and by thinking in the right direction, by thinking the right way. And that's subjective what the right way is. The right way is in your head. You're the only one who knows what the right way is. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. And um, I'm going to give you a perfect ex- example. I have I have this thing, right, where I don't I don't like to um take medications. And when when I was growing up, I come to learning about the mind and how it works and how it could benefit you if you know how to work it and and basically trust in it. So I would consistently tell myself, it came to a point where I would consistently tell myself mentally that I will not get sick. Like I would not allow myself to become sick. And there was times where I would get like a minor cold and then instantly it would go away. No medication, no Tylenol, no no cough syrup, none of that. Two days, sickness is gone. Because I would literally mentally sit there and say, my body will heal itself. My body is going to heal itself. And I would think about the white cells that destroy the germs and negativity energy that's in your body or whatever people want to consider them. I would literally think about my white cells multiplying, formulating my body to get well again. And I can honestly tell you, 
it's been almost about a year and a half that I have not been sick to the point where I had a fever. I had an extreme type of cough. I had a high fever, like like any type of sickness that you could think of that people have, like vomiting, flus, all that sickness is out the window. The most I would get is a stuffy nose, and that's about it. Well, I actually completely agree with that because I am of the same mind. I haven't taken medication to get better maybe in 10 years. I don't do any of that. I I am a strong believer that, first of all, the placebo effect proven to be completely effective shit ton of years ago. We already know that the power of the mind is stronger than the power of medication. Somebody simply thinking a medication is working and it does nothing has had people have healed yeah. from the most random things. With mm-hmm. that awareness and understanding that the mind sort of controls the output of things in the body a long time ago, about 10 years, maybe 11, sort of more or less, roughly around the time I got the hell out of high school. I stopped taking medication entirely. I don't take medication for any reason. I let my body do the healing. I got two reasons for this. One, I am 100% on your side. I believe that the power of the mind is unbelievably strong. By me believing that my body is strong enough, my mind believes that my body is strong enough, and my mind will convince my body that it's strong enough, my body thinking that it's strong enough will then do what it needs to. And then secondary... Exactly. By my body doing it consistently over and over by itself, it builds the strength to do it. It proves to itself that it can do it, and then it's stronger the next time. And then something else tries to get to me, and then my body is stronger that time and defeats that. And I don't need medication because medication is weakening your your immune system. Anybody who takes medication, their immune system is weakened because the medication does the work, not your body. Your body relied on some outside source to come and do the heavy lifting. And then it becomes dependent on that right, same thing. Right, let me ask you this real quick. Um, being that you said you in the same state as state of mind as far as you don't take um, medication, you let your mind heal the body, and the body help the mind heal the body. Um, do you do you ever get like the feeling like your body is trying to get sick, but your mind won't let it? I can't say I have. I feel like I I've had the sensation that I think I'm getting sick, but there'll be phys- there'll be actual signs of it, uh, like uh, again runny nose, uh, allergic co- uh, reaction, you know, constant sneezing, teary eyes, but never anything severe. And within one day, two days, it's gone completely. I don't think I've had the flu in long yeah. time. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying because like for me, like there's moments where my body will feel as if like I can feel like the heat of a fever wanting to come on, or like I can feel like my 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 it's just something about the body it starts like tingling to a point where it's like almost um giving in to the sickness that's trying to get into it. But mentally, it's like my mind is like, no, I've done this for so long. I'm not going to let this body get sick. It almost feels like my body is fighting my mind in an argument to like, yo, let me get sick. And my mind's like, no, I'm not going to allow that. <laughs> and that's what it feels like for me, like internally with my body. And that's why I asked you that question, because there, there is moments where I feel like my body wants to get sick. But my mind just won't let it at this point because I thought the way I thought for so long. I mean, it's completely possible. It's completely possible that your subconscious is detecting certain things and sending you messages as though if it were your body. It's possible that your body is uh, actually sending messages up to your brain, telling it, look, I'm sick, or I feel this, or I feel that. But you not being convinced forces your mind to uh, block out certain signals. 
Uh, this has had this has been proven to happen in different instances. Think of people who can cause themselves immense amounts of pain but not feel it simply because they think the pain away or disconnect pain receptors through thought. So your body could be sending yeah. messages of sickness and your mind be cutting off the feeling of sickness both at the same time. So you got the, oh man, I think I'm getting sick, but... Like, I don't feel sick. I just feel like something is telling me I'm getting sick. And it could just be that you're, you've trained your mind to sever connections that you don't want. And then your mind immediately jumps on the combat defensive, starting to send messages of no, do this or do that to try to better you immediately. So it's totally possible that you are feeling what you're saying you're feeling. It could just be that you're so trained beyond it that you've never even thought about it in that fashion that your mind skipped the let me explain it to myself part and it's just happening more inherently than that yeah and um i'll give you a another perfect example as far as with sickness in the mind there was one time i went over to my aunt's house and my my cousin was sick my aunt was sick my father got sick from going over there my cousin says to me he's like you're gonna get sick I don't know why you came here. Everybody's sick in this house. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I don't believe that. I'm not getting sick. Trust me. He's like, watch. You're going to get sick. Everybody's coughing. Everybody got germs. There's germs all over this house. I said, I'm not getting sick. Stop telling me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. He's like, your father's going to go home and he's going to be sick over there. We, gone, we come back home. My father got sick. My father made my his brother, my uncle, sick. They're both sick in the same house that I'm living in. I come back the following week. He's like, you're not sick? I'm like, no. He said, did you get sick? I'm like, no. He's like, how? Cause it was like a, it was like a, a flu type, um, type virus that was going on because literally everybody in that house caught that sickness except for me. And he's like, how did you not get sick? Cause I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't let my, my body believe that I'm going to get sick. So just through the belief of I will not get sick made it possible. I completely agree with that. I have had very similar experiences where I've been around family who has been passing the flu back and forth. And I'd, I never attributed it to being my mind, but I attribute it to being my body that because I don't take medications and because I don't, um, I don't like poison my body with these sort of immune system weakeners that my body's just trained enough to be able to combat certain things. So I've been in situations where there have been people completely surrounding me dying of the flu not literally dying but you know like crazy sick from the flu and i don't get yeah, any yeah. of it doesn't even touch me yeah it doesn't even scratch me nothing nothing touches me whatsoever simply because my my immune system is jacked way up because i don't i refuse to poison myself unless it's like i'm dying otherwise can you see a belief system being possible with the mind what do you mean and if you want me to elaborate I will. Yes, yes, um, please. As far as I'm pretty sure you heard about this before. Let, let me use this as an example. Uh, and my mother said she went through this, so she experienced this herself. Uh, there was there was this thing that um, kids used to do back in the days. I'm not sure. Probably 80s, maybe early 80s, um, where they would all put a finger under a person and they will all believe that they can lift this person with just two fingers or maybe one finger. And it'll probably be like six people trying to pick up one person with either two to one finger. And they will literally do it. I mean, they probably wouldn't pick them up to the point where they're raising above their head. But they will literally be able to pick up a person with just two fingers all around from six people, six individuals. Now, my concept is that's part of the belief system because they will they all believe that unitedly. 
so they made it possible. And that's what I'm saying as far as like the belief system. Like for instance, if we both was looking at a cat and we said, yo, that cat's about to get hit and then boom, the cat gets hit. It's, I feel as though it's literally because we both like believed it to the utmost in that moment that it will get hit and it might get hit by a ball. It might get hit by a bike. I don't want to say car, but that's kind of vicious, but let's just say it got hit by something. Because we literally thought it was going to be hit by something. Do you believe that system? Okay. Um, for the ball, anticipation, had it not happened, you would have thought the opposite direction. That is irrelevant. As for lifting somebody up, that enters a weird area. Because that comes from two different places. There is a, how do I put it? It's sort of almost mystic, but not at the same time. Because there's a scientific angle to this, but there's also a belief angle to this. Because it's been shown to be successful with very low numbers of people lifting somebody up. Now, let's go through the scientific side and then remove things and explain where the belief really lies. By somebody being really, really stiff, their weight, now you gotta be really stiff. The, the idea is you gotta freeze your body up. If you're limp, nobody's picking you up. But if you are very stiff, the person that's being lifted, if they're very stiff, their weight becomes evenly distributed everywhere. The two fingers you're using are spread out around their body so that the even weight distribution then rests on all the individual hands and you can lift the person up. But if the person loses their stiffness, immediately the weight becomes too much for your fingers to hold. On top of that, the person has to be lifted slowly so that the weight distributed on all the fingers doesn't crush anybody's fingers backwards or anything. You're got, the hands are naturally going to mold as you lift the person up because the weight is evenly distributed. Okay, so that's the scientific angle of it. We take away the science and just leave the fact that it's been accomplished with very few numbers of people, sometimes up to just two people lifting one person up. So what's happening here? The mystic part, which I'm using that term very loosely because it's we're, we're basically coming back to a, a conscious angle here. You uh, you ever heard the, the the you know the weird myth of the baby got stuck under the car and the mom left the car by herself to get the baby out. So that same idea, yeah. that same principle applies here. We have potential that we don't use. And if we can force our mind to unlock it for a brief moment rather than just being in that state, it's fine. You can force your mind to force your body to use more energy efficiently. You just can't sustain it. So the mom that lifts the car can technically lift the car, but it's in a burst of energy only in one moment. Ask her to hold that car yeah. in the air. Now you've got a different problem. She's going to die. But she can move the car because the brain is like, I need this much energy right now. Cut off all thought while I do this. All I'm going to do is lift the car and move it. She's not thinking. It's impulse driving her. The brain literally shut off so that she can have more energy. What you're doing when you're, and in this case, you're usually repeating a chant to meditate. A lot of people can do it without it, but not many. A lot of people could trick their minds by doing the whole light as a feather stiff as a board light as a feather stiff as it's a chant a meditation yeah. that you're doing so you can focus your mind 
on the thought of simply lifting and you're killing off all the other thoughts in your brain. So you're removing all the other thoughts in your brain so that you can dedicate more energy to lifting the individual up. That's where the science leaves and the sort of metaphysical angle comes in. You're convincing your brain through sheer willpower, but you're really shutting off your brain so that you use less energy. And then with the little bit of brain power you're using, you're redirecting it to use more physical strength. So that's what's really going on there. So it's less of a mystical thing. You're not bringing in something external. You're not really bending reality itself to do this. You're just sort of abusing physics and your body. But I, I really don't, I wouldn't say um, abusing the physics and your body because that goes kind of into the 10% mind capacity thing that you, that we talked about and that you spoke about in other episodes. Because it's like you said, in that burst of that moment, your mind is like literally giving you that extra 10% to make it 20% no, to no, put no, it no, all no. into strength. Your brain you know? like, is reducing percentage. Like, so your brain is going from like 10% oh, to right. 1% yeah, 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 yeah. so that it goes to your body. That it goes to raw power. Yes, yeah. there you go. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I I kind of meant to say it that way, but like I got lost in my in my conversation. But yeah, exactly. But I don't know, cause cause the way it's it's funny how you separate energy from from mental matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause you would think it's all connected as one. You know, it but is and it's it not at the same time. Value. Yes, totally, totally, a hundred percent. Because it's both connected in every possible way, but two separate things at exactly the same time it's it's the principle of duality everything is one thing but everything is two at the same time that definitely applies to sort of thought and matter that's that's, that's the yin and yang man that 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 symbol is a very powerful thing man it is, i think definitely. about the yin and yang a lot often like often i've been thinking about it i've thought about it like before but it's the bad and the good the good and the bad it's just all the opposite throughout the universe basically if you think about it, like that's what the yin and yang symbol symbolizes. It literally symbolizes all opposites of the universe. Yeah, it's uh, there's nothing that doesn't have an opposite except the concept of reality itself. Everything else has an opposite side, and it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, but it's funny because they teach it off as just good and evil when it's so much beyond that. Or they teach it off as female and male, you know what I mean? And those are like what people, the narrow-minded people, are forced to believe that's what that symbol solely means. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, well, that that all comes down to the, la the, the lack of critical thought. People just take whatever they're given and assume that the entire universe is made of that as if we've figured it all out. But we don't even know what this experience we're having that we call life really is to, to say that we have all the information possible. We haven't even explored our entire planet, let alone space, let alone metaphysical alternate dimensions and universes or the structure of reality itself. Yet we're like... Yeah, the information I have in the pages of a book on something that happens inside your head. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's we have all of it. Like, I don't know why people settle for what they're fed by somebody else when you can find out more just by sitting in a quiet room and thinking. And Yeah, exactly. And pondering. This pondering can make you, I mean, that's what Alvin Einstein basically did when he tried to figure stuff out. He would sit there and ponder for God knows how many hours and just think critically. 
No, you're totally right, dude. Like, knowledge comes from the inside. Uh, the be- the best way to achieve any kind of information is to find out what you think and what you feel about it first before you say anybody else's information is correct. Because how do you know? Let's say somebody told you, okay, the space. There's there's a bunch of space, and space is a bunch of floating balls everywhere. You're like, okay, fine. Show me math. Okay, here's the math that proves it. It's like, okay, but... You didn't go to space and prove it, and you didn't make up the math. Somebody else made all of that and told you. But then somebody else is like, oh, flat earth this, flat earth that. Okay, totally great. Fine, mm-hmm. perfect. But wait, I wasn't there either. So now, I, oh, space is fake, but flat earth is real? That doesn't make sense either. I wasn't fucking in either one of those places. I didn't see the other side of no fucking glacier wall. I didn't see what the fuck is beyond the clouds. But all of that is force-fed information, and, and people are just like, yeah, that's that's it. That's totally right. And, and honestly, um, it's funny that you bring up the flat earth because, um, and I love the way you bring it up too, as far as how do you know that, you know, at the end of the day. And because I'm, I'm gonna be honest, like, I believe like something in me truly believes that this is a plane and there is nothing outside. Well, not as far as nothing outside of it, space wise, because I see space as another dimension kind of. And as far as the plane, it's, it's no ending to it. If, well, this is how I critically think about it. Like there would be no ending to it because who knows how much is out there as far as continents and lands. Like we don't know because the only, the only, the only furthest we know that we can go is Antarctica. But then they force you to not go beyond there, you know, cause like all the countries got like this united. But then I gotta ask you, have you been, have you been to Antarctica yourself? I can't go if I wanted to. But That's have the you? No, I haven't. Okay, just I mean, the same way that you could just now. go into NASA yeah. and study and go to space, but have you? So neither one of those two things you've experienced personally. Those are both sets of information provided to you by somebody else. Both of them are equally provided to you by somebody else. Why believe either more than any other? You you're right. I, I get where you're going with that. But that's why I don't like to debate about that with people. Like, I say what I believe, and that's what I believe. I don't want to debate it because at the end of the day, like you said, how do I really know? This is just what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, even if somebody was to feed me that information and I'm all into it, gullible, like, oh, wow, like, that's interesting. It sounds right. It all connects. At the end of the day, the, the type of person I am to critically think for myself I would sit there and say, well, I really don't know. So even though I may believe it, I can't sit here and argue with people about it because I really don't know. Yeah, and I totally understand because I, I think both sides have the same problem. They're pointing at the other side like, oh, you don't know. My side is right. And it's like, you don't know either. You, neither one of you know. They're saying, oh, it's not flat. Have you been up there to see? It's a bunch of science. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that it's not flat to say it's not flat. But I've also not fucking been to space. Yeah, I don't fucking know. High enough to see Once I go high enough and see a perfect sphere, then I'm like, shit, I guess it was round. Or until I hit some fucking wall or get to, in any case, I'd have to get to the other side of the fucking wall because just getting to the wall doesn't prove anything. It just proves that there's a fucking, that Antarctica is a real place. That's it. I just proved that there's an Antarctica. I have to get to the other side and there be more fucking water just going further and further. And then I'll be like, fuck, it's flat. But I haven't experienced either one of those two things. And all those people who who put forth the information, they haven't either, man. 
So I fully understand where you're coming from. That it's like, what what even is there to argue about? Nobody's proven shit. Exactly. And and that's why I find that hilarious as far as watching people talk about those things and argue about it because it's like we really don't know. <laughs> like we really don't know. Yeah, we don't know shit about anything. As, as as far as us, I mean, who knows? Maybe NASA really did do what they did. Shit, right? Maybe somebody <laughs> knows, but it isn't me. And I can't believe the information somebody else gave me. I got to see it myself. Exactly. But um, I wanted to touch on a, a topic as far as mental illness. And how, how, how do you see, let me get to your, your aspect of it. How do you see mental illness and what may cause it exactly? Well, that is a branching road that goes many, many ways. So I'll begin by saying I both believe in mental illness as a thing, but I also don't. And you'll you'll hear that a lot when you ask me a question. I, I have a duality about how I think about it. I'll, I'll begin with why to. I don't, which is mental illness is a label we attach to a different pattern of thought. Where are we coming from this late? Where were we inventing this label up? We're looking at what the majority of the population is and saying, that's normal. Everything else is not. Everything else is fucked. Everything else is illness. But that's incorrect. Let's take a schizophrenic, for example. Why are they ill instead of having access to alternate realities that we can't see? Why can't they be seeing something that's real? Somebody could drop shrooms and see something that's not real, but somebody does it without shrooms and, oh, no, you're fucking, you're crazy. Like, what the fuck is going on there? If both of those people can achieve the same, they can hallucinate. One can do it at will, the other one can't. But when you take shrooms, all you're doing is activating receptors in your brain. So what the fuck? We have the ability to access this information and we still label it as mental illness. Now, in... These instances, whether it be delusions, okay, maybe multiple personalities, why can't there be multiple people living inside of you? How do, what do we know what anything is? What if the consciousness could affect the body and the body is just an antenna and consciousness is flinging around space and one con, one antenna has three consciousness sticking to it. It just happened to catch three different signals. Okay. Multiple personalities. That's not a crazy person. That's three different consciousness tuning into one body. But it becomes a problem when a person is dysfunctional within society to the point that they're a danger to other self-aware creatures. So your disconnect from this state of reality, and I will refer to it like that forever, this state of reality. So you're schizophrenic. Fine. You can see things. There's many functional schizophrenics out there. They behave perfectly fine. They handle their day-to-day lives perfectly fine. They hallucinate here, whatever, I can deal with it. And they handle their things. But when it crosses a line where that division of reality, oh, you see a thing and it's superimposing itself over another person. And you're like, oh, I got to kill this monster. Maybe the monster is real. But in the realm where your physical body exists, that's not a monster. But the realm where your mind exists, it is. Now you take the life of somebody who's innocent. And isn't a monster simply because your mind is in a different reality than your body is. That becomes a problem. I don't think it should be labeled mental illness. I think it should be labeled dysfunctional and ended there. Like it's a dysfunctional state of being, a dysfunctional state of mind, but you're not necessarily ill per se. That, that, that's, that's amazing, man. 
That's amazing that you said that because I was being up to this conversation before all this. I was thinking about that because I was going to come on this show, talk about mental illness, kind of. And I came to the same exact conclusion that you just said. It shouldn't be called mental illness. It should be called what you said. In fact, that's exactly what it is. And we got to figure like for for doctors is to figure out how to make that that disillusion basically dysfunction come to refunction you know to to get it all work on the same level again because the the mind it's like i see mental illness as it's going through a shock of awareness you know and some people they they can't handle it to the point where they can they can alternate themselves back into the reality that they're originally in so mental illness or the, the illusion overwhelms that mind. So it becomes a illness from a doctor's perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Because I, I experienced something like that, you know, and it, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was due to taking drugs, which was ecstasy that I do not take no more. And I'm kind of upset that um I did take ecstasy because I was one of the type of people that said I would never take ecstasy and then one day pure pressure whatever <laughs> it led me to doing it I felt I didn't fall in love with the drug but I enjoyed it because it made me feel as though as if I was intoxicated without the intoxication as far as motion sickness and blurriness and dizziness from getting too much alcohol in your system. So I enjoy that aspect of it, that I can feel drunk without actually being drunk. So it came to a point where where one day I just woke up and I thought I knew it all. Like, I honestly thought I knew it all. I thought I was the one, like I was Neo or something. <laughs> and I was in this this illusion effect that whatever I physically, well, mentally thought would actually be. So like, if I thought this was my store, it would become my store. And then what, what pushed it even more was the idea of my name as far as Jesus and then pagan and religion. And that's why I say, like me personally, I believe religion does cause some type of dysfunction in the mind. That's what we're going to call it, but AKA mental illness. Religion does kind of influence that dysfunction in reality, because if it wasn't for religion, I probably wouldn't have went as delusional as I did when I did go through those states. And it was, it was just, it was a, a, a very dramatic experience for me and I got many stories that I can tell that people would just laugh at because it's funny that I would actually believe these things but on top of me believing these things I would see it be be kind of effective as if it was really happening so it kind of left me stuck in that dysfunction of believing it all because some things will occur as if it was really real you know like i well, really had the power to do these things here's something that i find completely interesting i totally believe that uh, religion has a a giant negative effect on the mind but i believe religion does something completely different than uh for example genetically developed or taught disorder or dysfunction of any sort which is religion's job when it comes to the mind is to obscure not the possibility of an alternate reality because uh let's say you're schizophrenic you have access to a different universe or a different uh, perception or fragments of a different reality something along those lines a uh, religion's effect is to sort of obscure your understanding of this reality 
Their entire job is to blur the lines of what's happening on this side, where your body mm-hmm. is. So they'll, they'll, they got these stories and these uh, fictions of what happens on this side, and then you're supposed to believe that those things are possible. So somebody who, for example, has schizophrenia and is also uh, is sort of indoctrinated by religion, their understanding is... These things happen in my head, but I've also been told these things are possible in this reality. There is no difference. Both realities are equal. And that feeds into a weird, twisted narrative. And so religion does this on many different scales. It takes, for example, fucking priests who who use God as an excuse to be able to fucking molest children. They're like, you know, God is going to be angry if you tell anybody or whatever the fuck you're telling them. They've warped <laughs> the understanding of reality to their advantage. Now, the fact that you believe in this uh, all-powerful, ruthless, punishing creature allows them to manipulate your behavior and allows them to... So their their entire job is to sort of obscure reality. Religion has a giant part to do with a lot of the the disorders and dysfunction that do take place in the world. I think, actually, they might be one of the leading causes of those things, particularly depression, when people feel overwhelming, stabilized amounts of sadness. And it's because they just have an infinite amount of guilt implemented in them by this idea that you're doing something wrong because of this other thing that doesn't exist. Exactly. Yep. It gets people stuck in a delusion of, of what's real and, and what's not real. And then it causes the big bang in the head to cause that, that, that mental illness kind of state. And like you said, there's like many different levels to it. So it ain't like as far as like religion is just going to make you crazy completely. But to a point, it's like, it's, it's crazy how people really believe like demons are just lurking around wanting to fuck with their lives. Like, like really? And the devil is everywhere. And it's like, like really? Like you, you, you lead your mind to believe these things and then this shit start actually happening to you. But it's like, it's your mind making it happen. You know what I mean? So it's like. Well, here's the thing with demons. People feel that their mind. Okay. If we're talking about conscious states of being, the strongest arguable case is the ego. The ego causes most of what happens in reality. It's your excuses. It's your reasons. It's your, it's the, the inability to let go. And the ego is precisely what people don't realize generates things like the devil and demons because you want to be able to do bad things but not take responsibility for it. So the ego created something to blame. It just created a thing you could put the blame on. And then that worked its way into religions. And people who are religious, they much rather believe evil made me do it and it was out of my control than say, I did it myself because I'm weak. And my my temptations took over. No, I was tempted. (laughs) That's hilarious. I I think that's so hilarious. Because, and the reason why I think it's so hilarious, because like I said, like I, I didn't grow up religious, but I went through the whole Catholic thing because my mother believed that. And then like my mother wasn't a, a freaking hardcore Catholic, but she made me go through the whole process of, I forget what it's called, but the, the anointing of when you do what you do as a child in the Catholic church. And she became Christian later on in life. Now she became a hardcore Christian. And like with her influence impact, 
acting on me always consistently got this, the devil that, got this, the devil that, got this. It, it left me in a state where it was like, I couldn't think for myself no more. And I didn't like that at all because like, like there would, it wouldn't be things that would affect me. But it's like, I would think that these so-called spirits and, and demons was affecting everything in reality. And I would come to the conclusion where I wouldn't blame it on that. Like literally like, oh yeah, that was the devil, just like my mother would. But I would think like, what if, what if she's right? What if she's right? But then it came to a point where I freed myself out of that realm of captivity of religion. And I started to think on a, on a higher level because I, what I did, I started to look into all religions. I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to, but if I'm going to believe this, let me look over there and see what they think. And then let me look over here and see what they think. Let me look over at that religion and see how they see it. And I came to the conclusion, like, this is just the entrapment of the mind. This that, That's all it is for me is just entrapping the mind to be forced to be controlled kind of in a, in a certain type of way. But once once I came out of that, it's like nothing can affect my life but me. And it was like, wow, this religion stuff really affects people's lives to the point where they're mentally making it affect themselves. And it's like, wow, that that's amazing because now I look at it as that's kind of like an illness. If you would literally believe that these things are affecting you when they're clearly not because there's a bunch of people who who are religious and who aren't religious, but don't deal with certain situations the way other religious people would deal with it. Well, and it's because here is religious- where I will bring back my definition of mental illness uh, versus just different perceptions. The perfect example is a religious person versus a schizophrenic. Now, the religious person is going to put the schizophrenic in a home of some sort. Well, you don't think the way we do or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're both seeing a warped version of reality. He thinks he sees this. You think there's a genie in the sky that grants you wishes and fucking wants you to pretend to eat blood and eat flesh. Like, the same idea, the same concepts are happening here, except a giant population believes one and we call that normal and a small population believes the other and we call that crazy but it's simply because it's odd and different like i said before we're scared of different we're scared of change the same way we're scared of success the same way we're scared of failure that's a change from our circumstance we could be sad every day and still not move to improve our lives because that's different the same way that we will have somebody who believes in a god a a all-powerful being who for whatever reason doesn't stop the evil in the world but hey i'm gonna compartmentalize it and say hey he's somehow still up there and because these this other group of people don't think of these things the same way i do they are crazy but ultimately that's that's why it's not mental illness it's all perception so long as you're not harming other perceiving creatures you're fine There are schizophrenics, there are psychopaths, there are delusionals, there's paranoid people all over the world, roaming the world. And until they hurt somebody, until they seem like they're going to hurt somebody, until they seem like they're a danger to society, we don't do anything about it. We're just like, okay, that guy is crazy, whatever. Well, that homeless man is always talking to himself. Well, he's fucking talking to himself. Why don't we put him somewhere? Because he's not harming anybody. If he's harming somebody, then we lock him up. But he's not harming anybody. Meanwhile, somebody at night gets on their knees and talks to themselves again. And we're like, oh, no, they're just praying. Both of those people are just talking to themselves and they think they're talking to somebody in both instances. 
and they both think whatever the thing is is either listening or responding one way or another. A schizophrenic might think, oh, these are signs. Look, that's a sign that they're, they're talking to me. And it's like, okay, what does the Christian or the Catholic say? Oh, you know, this is a sign that God wants me to see. He, he did this. He's not going to answer directly and just solve my problems, but this is a sign that he wants me to behave this way. It's like, it's exactly the same thing. So neither one is necessarily ill and neither one is dysfunctional until they harm someone else. They're both perfectly functional. They're both perfectly fine. They're both perceiving the world through their own specific lenses. Neither one is a problem. The only people who should be considered this way are the ones who are danger to other perceiving creatures. Then there's a dysfunction. Your warped version of reality is harming the creatures within this physical space. Now we have to do something. Yep. Now, now they become a problem when you should have just went and understood what the problem was from the start. You know, what I mean? as far as like what you was mentioning about the crazy guy talking to himself all the time, instead of people trying to understand why he's talking to himself or understand who he's talking to to try to get a better idea of why he's acting like this, they just shake it off like like it's nothing, you know. And then yeah, that and basically, like you said, as far as people getting on their knees and praying and talking to somebody see there's a there there there's a reason for that so that's why it's not seen as oh they're crazy because there's a reason they put a reason behind an agreed reason because the schizophrenic still has a reason he thinks this or he thinks that the yeah, delusional person still has a reason but it's an agreed but, reason but we don't go to understand that you know what i mean we yeah. already understand why they're doing it but we don't understand why he's doing it. That's why he's crazy and they're not. Yes, because it's different. It's something we don't have the answers to. We can't just be like, oh, he's talking to this thing. Exactly. And most people are going to be like, oh, he's probably talking to the devil. <laughs> yeah, if you're religious, 100%, that's where you land. Because, oh, he, you know, you don't talk to God in this fashion. There's a ritual yeah. you must go through. You must do it a certain way. Yeah. But um, going back to as far as my state of mind, when I was in that state of mind, it, it was it was kind of it was it was kind of wild because um, I had a, a a caseworker that was basically helping me get my proper meds. And just so you know, I never took my meds. I never took my meds, even when I was in that state, because even while still in that state, I like still critically think. And that's why I take it. Sort of as like, like, that's why I don't, I'm not mad at the fact that it happened. I'm just mad at the fact that I told myself I'm never going to do that. And then I ended up doing it. But in all reality, it's almost as if it opened my mind even more to understand things even more, even though some of the understanding was a little out of tune and can seem a little kooky, but it led me to ask more questions than what I was already asking. It led me to wanting to learn more than what I already knew. And going back to as far as my caseworker and everything, I had a caseworker and we would constantly, constantly try to find me a therapist or a psychiatrist that can deal with me and try to get me back to my stability mind where I'm just not this person who's who, who's doing doing or saying stuff outlandish that people can't form to understand or want to understand. So within that, we could never find a psychiatrist or a therapist that would accept the Medicaid or in the area of where I, I live in order for me to get there by myself. So it came to a point that I was so upset because I really wanted to be fit. 
fixed because I knew there was something literally wrong with me thinking the way I'm thinking. So it came to a point where it was almost as if my subconscious mind was telling me what to do in order to, to, to realign my mindset. And it would tell me all the time, you need to sit down and meditate. You need to let this thing go. You need to sit down, take time out to meditate on yourself and just refix your mind. Dig through your mind and just take out all that, that illness as far as that a disillusion as far as what you believe is happening will happen. Like I had to let those things go because it, it kept leaving me in a state where like, like you said, people are worried that I might do something at a line one day because who knows? I might see something at a line. I might think something at a line. And actually take action on trying to harm somebody within seeing or thinking that. So it was like my subconscious mind was giving me the answer to how to fix my mind. And that's what led me into, wow, this really works. Like the mind can heal the body. And once I healed myself, because I would literally, it would be times where I would meditate probably five times a day, whether it was 30 minutes, whether it was an hour, whether it was five minutes, I would meditate and just try to orchestrate my mind to become back to what it was originally. And once I, I cured myself and I realized, wow, I didn't need the medication. I didn't need the psychiatrist. I didn't need the therapist. All I needed was my mental capabilities to fixing what was literally wrong with me. And once that took effect, it's like, wow, what else can I try this with? Like, let me try it with sickness. I don't believe I'm going to get sick. I don't want to believe I'm going to get sick. I don't want to believe in sickness, period. And to be honest, I tell people all the time, like when they say, oh, you're going to get sick, you're going to get this. I say, no, I don't. No, I'm not because I don't believe in getting sick. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, hey, that's my belief. You're going to get sick because you believe it. I don't believe it. So I'm not going to get sick. And it's like I learned that in the process of meditating when I was trying to fix myself. And that's why like, it, mental illness is it, it's a critical thing in life. But if if one takes the time out to really understand it for themselves and try to fix it for themselves, like they can, but they got to be in that mental capability where they understand how how reality works to a certain degree and how the mind and body works to a certain degree. Completely because agree. And I, I like that you said that a lot. I like that you said that a lot. And I want to I want to create a visualization right now so that I can maybe frame what literally happened to you with an image that you can understand and probably convey to somebody else in the future if you ever come across somebody, which is yeah. imagine that you walk around all day. There's what you think you look like, right? There's your physical body. Now create a tiny little blue outline of your entire body surrounding you, your aura, your energy, whatever that is. And say that that's your consciousness or your spirit or your soul, whatever you want to call it, that other side of you. So there's a physical you and there's that mental conscious sort of a, yeah, that energy of you. Now, no, the inner, the inner you. Yeah, the inner you. Perfect. Yes. So there's that, and it's your f exact copy. It's your physical identical copy. Now, you know when you put on 3D glasses and you sort of see one image, but if you were to sort of bend the glasses a little and they lose sync, you see two images of slightly different colors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Assume you having the glasses on the right way is 
perfect sync with mind and body. But when you bend the the 3D glasses a little, and uh, that one image of you splits off into two pieces, where you see the physical you, let's say that's the red one, and the inner you, let's say that's the blue one, now you have two sort of images. They're both still there, but they're not entirely in sync. They're sort of out of sync, but they're still both you. If we assume your body is moving around in this space, we have to say that blue image is moving around in just a slightly warped, altered, different space. So the things that are going on in your mind, the things that your consciousness is projecting, the things that you feel within you are being experienced by the blue version of you, while the red version of you is just experiencing the world the way it is for your body alone. So you got these two different images that aren't aligned, and that feeling of unease and sort of a inconsistency between the two versions when you sit down to meditate all you're trying to do is put them both back together so that they form one image again so that they form one perfect image blended of the blue and the red you so that the glasses are no longer bent because at the end of the day even if you see two different images of you there's only one pair of glasses there's always been only one pair of glasses All you're trying to do is straighten out the glasses so that the image looks complete again. But you're looking through the glasses the entire time. So if it's a little bent, you're seeing two different things. And you don't want to see two different things. You want to see one perfect image that looks to be one perfect image. And that's sort of where you got to at your meditation. The medication would have simply blocked one of the two so that you look like you're fine. And as soon as it wears off, okay, now you just take the hand off of the eye and you got two images again. But by sitting there and forcing the realignment, you forced your body to be stationary somewhere and then made your conscious mind try to adjust itself. Because all the medication was going to do was going to halt the conscious mind and your body was going to keep behaving normally. You're going to keep doing whatever you're going to do the rest of the day until the medication wears off and the consciousness starts getting the jitters again. But by sitting your body down... As the consciousness, you got to sort of sit down with your body again. Your body's stationary, and you got to sit down as a consciousness over your body and become one whole source of energy and physicality again. And that's you did that with your mind. There was no medication involved, and that's why I like that you bring that up. You're sort of proving the point that it's an alignment. Now, you you didn't have the language to say this before, but you just aligned your chakra. Is that what you did? That's what you did, basically. You aligned your yeah, chakra energy. Basically, you, you hit it right on the nail with that one, because it was everywhere. It was basically everywhere. It was, it was misconstrued, to say. Yeah, so and, I like that you brought that, that example up. That's real that's good. A beautiful, that was a beautiful breakdown. And um, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there, because I know a lot of people deal with mental illness, and some may not want to admit it, you know, like, because I'm pretty sure there's people who know there's something wrong with them mentally, but they never go to a doctor. They never, they just deal with it how they deal with it. But it's like, it sometimes that's not good, because like, like you could be left in a disillusion of things. And like you said, you can stay in a point of depression every day because of it. You can stay in a point of schizophrenia to the point where it's just overwhelming, where you can't even be around people now. And and that's kind of what it was like for me. Like I would literally feel like I can't be around no one, not only because like I was scared of just what people would do to me. 
but also because I was scared myself of what I might do to other people. So in a way, I kind of did get schizophrenia from it, but it, it, it was this thing in the back of my mind. Like, I, I don't know what to call it. I don't like, there's no other way to put it, but my subconscious mind was literally telling me like, yo, you need to fix this because if you don't, who knows where you're going to end up? You know what I mean? Cause I might just end up in a hospital forever. I might end up dead. I might end up locked up because I did something out of line that's not right with the law because of it. So it was like my subconscious mind was literally trying to help me fix myself and, and telling me how to fix myself on top of, um, on top of helping me understand that I need to fix myself. It was literally telling me how to fix myself. Like you need to sit down. You need to think about this. You need to do this do this stop thinking like that stop this and like sure enough i just came to my state of mind my my oneness of, of me completely i mean that and should be everybody's that's, goal that's, to, to reach a sort of a singular peace state where you feel your mind and your body are working together instead of against each other because on a day-to-day basis, I'm sure you, your body was like, oh, I got to go to work and I got to do this and I got to do that thing. But your mind is over here ticking away at something different. And that's yeah. that's the idea of disorder. Oh, you know, I got a family I got to take care of. But, you know, fucking the voice in the back says I'm God and I don't need to do this. <laughs> Those are conflicting ideas. But through the realignment, your mind and your body agree on whatever the activity is, on whatever the necessity is, on whatever you're trying to do. They sync up and they become one. And that should be everybody's goal. To resync their inner and outer selves. Yep, the duality of themselves. Yes, because everything is two, and that's fine, but everything is also one at the same time, and it should be treated as equal. That yes, you do have two parts, but you also are one thing. It's it's the good and the bad, the bad and the good, man. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. It's uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to the signs that their mind gives them or the signs that their body gives them, and they just kind of keep going. That's sort of what causes the the crazy amounts of obesity in this country. That people aren't uh, obeying the necessities of their body; they're just obeying their mind. Opposite to the person who has like a mental disorder of some sort, those people are then disobeying their mind and simply obeying their bodies. And it's like, shit, bro. Maybe make some alignment somewhere. And then the body tries to tell, like, you, the mind, like, you need to stop doing this. But people refuse because uh, they fall in love, you know, like, as far as there's people who act. And, and I would say I would call it love, but it's kind of addiction because people do get addicted to certain type of foods. And I For could sure. say they fall, they fall in love with certain type of foods to the point where they just love to eat all the time, you know. But it's like, like you said, you got to take time to, to listen to your body and listen to what your inner self is really trying to tell you as far as you're harming yourself. But it's like, you just don't want to stop for what, yeah. whatever reason. Well, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that we, we live in a system that's very indoctrinated into its routines and behaviors. And uh, something like the amount of fast food, like, think about it. Think of how many fast food restaurants are all around people it the 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 system itself tries to force the addiction on you because of the dead presidents Mm -hmm. that we have on bills you know they want to make money off of the addiction that they create they want to sort of break the alignment of your mind and body and either sell you food or sell you medicine but they're trying to sell something or or both because the food the food habits can lead to the medic medication 
For sure. Think about it. If you are eating a bunch of foods that are chemically engineered one way or another, a bunch of pesticides and things, and then those chemicals get into your body and they start to create chemical imbalances in your brain, then you end, oh, I got depression. But it's 100% because of the food you're eating that you got the depression. The, the, the chemicals in the food created a chemical imbalance. A chemical imbalance gave you depression. So now you have the food that you're paying for that you're addicted to, and you got the medications that you're told you need in order to fix the chemical imbalance that the food that they got you addicted to caused in the first place. It's just a cycle trapping people in these systems when in reality, like you said, you can go sit in a dark room and just take a couple of deep breaths and say, look, I'm not going to take the food. I'm going to fix this and I'm not going to take the food. And then you sort of rid the addiction through sheer willpower. And then the depression leaves too because the depression was just tied to the food in the first place. Exactly. So it's like you have to train your body and your mind to, to how not to accept and how to accept things. Yeah, moderation. You have to teach moderation to develop discipline. But we are a country, a planet, we're a species that lacks discipline. We we feel entitled. We want to do whatever we want to do. And it's funny that you say that, that we, we like discipline because I, I personally believe because we're, we're given the discipline that, that they want to give us. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like we go to school, we, we got these religions and then their discipline of how they see things is put into these children's minds and even adults' minds to the point where that's how you see discipline. When honestly, discipline should come from yourself once you hit a certain age, of course. So it should come from yourself. You know what I mean? Here's and the problem. There is a lack of critical thinking that's plaguing this country and this planet where people don't, they don't think hard enough to realize that the discipline should come from themselves. They have to choose to want to take the hard path. Everybody's addicted to the easy way. And it's scary to veer from that because it's uncommon. Am I going to be the only one doing it? Nobody around me is going to be taking the hard path. Everybody's going to have the easy time except me. And that sort of starts haunting people. And they don't realize that the only way they're ever going to get discipline is if they want it and seek it and, and sort of suffer for it. In a sense, yeah. I can see where, where you get that from. Because now now you're, you're, you're changing from others. And the others are not going to see you the same because because you're trying to solely better yourself which is awkward within yourself if you yeah. honestly think about it yeah it's weird it's weird to try to better yourself in a place where you're the only one doing it nobody else around you is trying to better what's what the yeah. fuck are you doing and then other people other people will literally look at you trying to better yourself and criticize it as if yes. it's yes as if it's something exactly they're like look at all the work he's doing i could just take this medication and live my day perfectly fine he's over here talking about right. meditation and mindfulness what a dumbass wasting his time <laughs> and it's like jesus christ but there's a lot of envy that comes with that too because they're trying to discourage you because in you you doing it all you're doing is highlighting that they're not mm-hmm. and that fucks with them yeah it's just weird man as humans we're, we're so insecure we see somebody doing the right thing and because we're not doing the right thing instead of hey he's doing it i feel bad that i'm not doing it maybe i should start fucking doing it we want to be part of the pack we don't want to be part of oh he's one dude doing it he's fucking crazy we, we want to be part of the pack. Everybody else isn't. I'm going to hang out up here because we all want acceptance. We all want to fit in. But in doing so, we're part of the 
major problem because uh, fixing society has to happen one person at a time. You can't fix all of society all at once because everybody has individual specific needs. If every person works on themselves and everybody betters themselves, society as a whole moves up. But that's difficult when we have media, television, uh, social media, Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters feeding us the opposite thought. But no, I... I respect that you took the route you took. Not many people have the the strength to outcast themselves for the better of themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's crazy, and I find that I find that weird within itself. It's like because if you was to tell like a doctor that, right? If I was to tell a doctor I, I fixed myself, they would question if I fixed myself, and then they would make me try to feel like I didn't fix myself. Yes. They would try to say you know, that whatever you're doing, ca- it couldn't have happened. And it's all because I didn't take their medication. That's why. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because you're just trying to sell a thing. Everybody's trying to sell a thing, dude. I mean, what's the goal in life? Get a bunch of eyes on you and then sell socks. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the fucking goal, right? Make money somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the dollar bill, queen. That's what it is, yeah, bro. It, We've created some sort of monster. It was orchestrated. It was orchestrated to to become that as the main thought for for the mass. I'm not gonna say the whole world because there's there's, there's islands out there with people we probably never even found yet that's living just fine. But maybe there's not. Like we've never fucking seen that. What if that's fucking part of just our delusions as well? And we really are all there is. We're over here talking about this fucking self improvement and betterment. What if this is all there is and there's not even a better way to be? Like we're just the only example. It's deep within itself. That's why you gotta you gotta look into yourself and critically think, you know? That's why you have to do it regardless of whether there's something out there or not. Yeah. Because let's assume and- there's fucking not. Then what? I'm just oh well, I guess we're the only example. Let me eat McDonald's every day, not exercise and fucking die. Like, why? Because there's not something better out there? Then fucking make it. You make the better thing out there. Exactly. But but they subdue everybody to this program going back to the program man it's been programmed for us to to live a certain way especially in the western society like you said yeah but it's like you said it's not even intentional it's like people who are also programmed by some more ancient way of thinking that have just the program has simply evolved there was just a time when you lived in the fucking woods and it's you and a leader, and he's just older than you are, so he's seen more lions eat people, and he's like the only fucking elder alive, and all of you are just kids. It's like, all the adults are dead except the elder. We must obey him. And then by obeying him, they survived, and then that ideology just kept moving forward further and further, and now it looks like a fucking giant business with a bunch of bottom workers and one CEO, and that CEO still serves the government. Where there's a fucking top dog we call the president, but that president only responds to a collective of countries where there's uh, a representative at the top. It's just the same shit over and over. It's an old system that nobody intentionally built, but we're all trapped in. And the only way to get to the top of the ladder is to think your way out of it. Because if you don't, man, they they got you. They're going to manipulate you every which way they possibly can. And it's, it's... 
it's just going to leave you engulfed in what you think is all to life, not realizing that there's more and there's more to understand. There's more to gain from it. There's more to, to, to spiritually see from it. Because I, I believe in the inner, like the inner self basically is your spirit. That's how I see it, you know, and going back to the whole how I saw space. Like it's another dimension and it's connected to that inner self, you know, that higher self. And if people are disconnected from that, now you don't know nothing and you got to believe what they're telling. And that's that's why I feel like the whole program is set up because they don't want you to look inside yourself. Because if you start looking inside yourself, you'll start figuring out answers that you're being you're being um forced not to believe you know what i'm saying but why do you think anybody specific is planning anything why does there have to be some sort of a control factor rather than just brainwash people brainwashing other people with the brainwashing they've been brainwashed with i mean yeah yeah that could that could be a thing but i just i just feel i feel like the reason why the way i feel it is because there's something about us as beings that is so great that whatever it is that's stopping us from understanding it, like whether it be just people wanting to, to keep the truth for themselves, whether it be some type of spiritual, um, entities that's out there keeping, keeping us from understanding ourselves. But like there's something about us as being that is so great that for some reason, other parts of us are trying to keep it from us for whatever reason. Like, and it's just, it's just chaos. Like, it, well, it, that's the internal battle, man. That's what it is. Up, it's the man. internal fight. There's, there's no external anything stopping you from anything. You know as much as you allow yourself to know. That's that's all there is. There's nothing anywhere that's trying to stop you from gathering information. Everybody knows as much as you do. If we consider let's let's say there is a fucking god. Let's say there's god and you are just an extension of god, then his spirit is within you, then there's no difference between you and god because when you die you go and reunite with god. But if you're talking about the global consciousness, there's only one consciousness and it pretends to be different perspectives and right now you're in a perspective that knows as much as you know, but I'm a different perspective that knows as much as I know, but higher up, we're the same fucking creature pretending to be both of us at different times. We know as much as we know and as much as we choose to know. There's no alternate, like, no alternative to that. You, you free your mind as far as you can go. You experience the world to the level you allow yourself to. If you limit yourself to think, okay, space is another dimension, and I'm on a flat surface, then you're choosing that maybe you're not on a round surface, and maybe space isn't a physically reachable distance. But what if I told you that a different dimension you already exist within at all times, the same way you're in the third dimension, you're in the fourth dimension, that same way you're in the fifth dimension, and space is both flat and round, and it's just depending on how you're looking at it, which means so is the planet, if you're on the flat part. If you're looking at a flat angle, then it's flat. And if you're looking at it from a curved angle, it's curved. But neither side is true or false. It's just whichever side you chose, which means you had to get rid of some information to make a choice. But if you say they're both right, now there's no choice. They're both one. Duality happens. You choose to eliminate one. You d- you forget the same way that you aligned your body and your mind 
to complete one image, you're getting rid of an image when it comes to how you perceive this side. You're ignoring the fact that maybe those are both one picture and you got to bring them back together to understand how it's one picture rather than say, oh, no, this is a different dimension. No, maybe it's a reachable space. Maybe space is a different dimension in the same way that you walking two steps forward is a different dimension. Because you're in what? You're in one moment right now. Two seconds later, you're in a different moment. You crossed a fourth dimensional space to get there from two seconds ago to now. That was you moving through a different dimension. So yes, space is a different dimension. It would take you time to get there. So it's a dimension that takes place in the future. But it's not a dimension that you don't exist in, like, physically now. You're in the same thing that you would be up there. It's just up there and not down here. The same way that the Earth, yeah, it's definitely flat, 100%. But it's also round. You're choosing which one it is at any given moment. It's your perception. It's your reality. You generate the universe. Only you're seeing through your eyes. Whatever you want it to be is what it is at any given moment. Making a choice is you eliminating information. Accepting all of it is you welcoming all possibilities and saying, I designed the universe with my mind. What I'm seeing is all that exists. I choose that it's all of the above and I can prove it. And then you're in a different sphere of thought in a state of higher consciousness where it's not this or that. No, my awareness tells me it's all of it. Nobody's hiding anything. I'm choosing that if it's this side and somebody's lying to me about it being that side. But no, they're also lost. They're thinking it's this side or that side, and you're falling for the trap of choosing one too. Maybe they're all lost, and the fact that there's different information tells you it's all just information. Maybe it's all accurate information. It's all one picture that I'm not understanding how it's one picture, but it's all one picture because they're all believing their sides just as much. I'm, I'm happy that you bring that up too. Because this, for me personally, I don't take nobody's theory as as false. Like what you believe, I'm, I may not accept everything you believe, but I'm going to accept the fact that you believe it. You get what I'm saying? And within that, it's like you said, maybe we all have the answers. We just can't see it clearly because it's so separated. You know what I mean? So it's like your theory may lead into something that I think is a theory, but we don't see it the same. We got different opinions in certain areas of it. But who's to say who's right and who's wrong? Maybe we're both right and we're figuring it out together. You know what I mean? I do, I do. But I also believe that I'm not picking a side. That's the difference here. I'm saying that if you believe it's round and if Christina over here thinks it's flat, I'm not saying what she thinks is right and what you think is wrong or what you think is right and what she thinks is wrong. I'm saying. You're both right in the same exact way. Neither one of us has a different theory. I have no theory. I'm just listening to what you guys are saying and saying that's information floating around. Thus, it's information floating around. That's it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just information floating around. But But Christina being like, oh, no, it's flat. Thus, it must be. like Like you said, that information floating around. Like, who's to say that? information isn't correct just from like different perspectives because it's correct like information is, in, a, in, in a computer no see like, correct is a concept that's happening in your mind 
you're you choose what's correct there's no correct inherently in the universe there's no such thing there couldn't be otherwise the idea of a universe wouldn't be able to function if there was an inherent right or wrong it couldn't work in a computer program you can say square but that doesn't mean that there's a square there it means that the numbers you chose are going to show to represent a square there's still a triangle in the computer you just told the computer to show the square. There's still a triangle there. It's just showing you one side. The yeah, same applies to the universe. There's no right. You're choosing which is right. But it's all, right, all, right. all yeah. equal information. Now, I understand what you, what you conclude into now completely. Yeah, like there's no right and wrong. You're but choosing that. I don't, I don't mean to throw a curveball in here, but like, I haven't really got nobody to really discuss this with. Go for it. What is, what's up with Mandela effect, man? Oh, you see, I re- <laughs> recently had this conversation, bro. All right, let's see. Now, there's a couple of things I feel. Now, I I this I was on the um on the Robin Slim show uh talking about this very same thing. They brought up the Mandela effect. They wanted to see what I had to say about it. And so, I'll I'll tell you my conclusions on it and and you tell me what you think. I have a couple of options. First, I'll start with the basic, most grounded interpretation, which is most people who claim it, we're saying that people who are young do not ever claim they have felt or dealt with the Mandela effect. We're talking people who are 30 years and older. So we're talking people who have had a distance from a piece of media and then look back and say, I remember it differently. We could just be talking about a case of mass hysteria mixed with bad memory. So possibly a shit ton of people remember it a certain way. It's been super long. They told the story this way a million times that spread like wildfire. And then when they look back, they're like, wait, what the fuck? I remember it this other way, but it's because they kept reinforcing the incorrect memory. So that's one way to deal with it. You, you created a false memory. And then when you saw the real thing, it didn't line up with the memory that you superimposed over what really happened. So it's just shitty memory combined with mass hysteria leading to the Mandela effect. That's option A. Option B. Do you know when you have, for example, you have a bubble stick? You know how you buy that little thing where you make bubbles with it? You put the thing in the tube and then you take it out and you blow through it and it makes bubbles, right? So you take two bubbles. You ever put two bubbles next to each other and you notice that they're stuck together, but they're not one bubble. They're still just two bubbles glued to each other. You ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. You know when the two bubbles collapse into one another and become one bigger bubble? Yeah, they fuse. Let's say the two bubbles stuck to each other are two different realities two different timelines let's say not realities two different timelines two timelines that are really close to each other and just slightly different just so slightly different and that these two different realities maybe they're floating around and then one day they bump into each other and they stick to each other that way these two bubbles of reality there's one timeline there's another timeline and now they're stuck together as two different bubbles imagine these two timeline bubbles collapse and form one alternate timeline bubble made up of the two other bubbles it's still the two other bubbles but it's also just one bubble now you got the memories of two different realities in one single timeline that's that's what i think is going on that's my option b 
All right, dude, let's start wrapping this up. You got anything to plug so that the people can find you on the internets of the world? Uh, not really. Not at the moment. I'm not really trying to build a, a social media platform. But in due time, I'll, I'll be sure to come back on your show, talk more, just conversation. And hopefully by then, you know, I'll have a platform. But um, as far as that, no, not really. Not really. Well, but, shit, whenever you do have anything going on for you, dude, let me fucking know. I'll fucking make some room for you. I'll bring you in here. We can shoot the shit a little longer, bro. Thank you for being on the show, dude. Appreciate you being here. Come back. Get creative and come with some plugs for me next time. I will. I definitely will, man. Hell yeah, bro. It was real dope having you here, dude. It's been a while since we got to have a real nice sit down, dude. I, I love this a lot. For real. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for being here. And I will see you later, broski. Enjoy your night. All right. Peace. Likewise. God, <laughs> I got scared as we came through the portal that left us in this room after that conversation. That conversation was kind of scary. That conversation was very psychological. But look, look, back in the beginning of that conversation, one of the first things we addressed, <laughs> one of the first things we addressed was the brain the mind and one of the things we hit on was uh religion and its sort of effect on mental illness and it's i just so horrifying like dude it's so true though because yeah. it like fucks people up and then like religious people are fucking hypocrites the example i used there was just like hitting it on the nose i applaud me for that which was the example it was the example where i said let me see if i remember like, what i said it was that the like a believer a theist will be like you don't think like i do you know what you believe you believe in crazy things that can't be true you're talking about things that aren't there and uh you're crazy i'm gonna put you in a in an insane asylum because you, you you're talking about you're talking crazy you're talking things that can't be there it's not possible i don't know why my impression of a crazy person is trump but you, you can't be you can't be there talking about all these things anyways he puts the person in an insane asylum no he thinks the person's possessed and he gets him to a exorcist that was like a good couple of years ago we're talking like you're talking of a, a <laughs> specifically a Catholic of like 30 years ago. I'm sure there's still cases today. Where yes, but that. it's like the minority. Yeah, I don't think that's legal. They still do that though. They definitely still do it, but but they'll, they'll, they'll commit somebody, right? And then that same person then goes home and talks to a genie that they believe is in the sky that grants them wishes and will forgive anything horrible they do so long as they say sorry. And that same genie wants them to pretend they drink blood and eat flesh. And they're like, but that other guy's out of his fucking mind, though. It's like, whoa, dude, crazy leap from point A to point B. Take it slow. That's a bit intense. Cannibal or vampire? Cannibal vampire? A man 
it brings into mind like what jesus thinks he is he's like because was jesus a vampire that was just pretending to be the son of god and maybe he did have abilities let's be real what if it was a dude with abilities and he did a couple of things and people were like wow he must be the son of god if he said so look at what he can do i can't do that and he's a freaking vampire who's like but drink my blood and eat my flesh and they were like yeah son of god wants us to do it but he's just a vampire Jesus yeah. is just a freaking vampire. Trying to get you hooked on, hooked on his blood. Trying to get you hooked on phonics, the blood edition. That's awful. It was awful. That's freaking crazy, though. Religion's nuts. Everything is. Everything's a little nuts. Yeah. So what else happened in that episode? I don't remember what thinking your way to weight loss. Like, someone actually lost weight. No, there was a couple of studies about this where they were... You, what was it they had a bunch of they had a couple of control groups and they had a couple of people do a bunch of exercise they had a bunch of people do nothing and they had another group of people do nothing but envision exercising and the group of people that lost the most weight was the people that just sat around thinking about exercising what yeah it was just their mind applying the thought did it in their body that's pretty crazy while the people who weren't stimulating their brain in that same degree they did not burn the calories because they didn't yeah, activate their brain to that same degree. And the people who were physically working out didn't matter because the people who were just thinking about it, their brain drains more energy. Man, the power of our brains. It's amazing that you and Jesus can use your minds the way you do to not be sick anymore. That's yeah, true. but it's a, it's a, it's not just using your mind to do it. He believes he uses his mind and I'm not saying he doesn't. But in my case, I don't think it's necessarily my mind that's doing it. I think it's more that I'd have conditioned my body. Your immune system, when given medication, lets the medication do the work. That's why it fixes up immediately. But if your body does the work, yeah, you lose some soldiers here and there, but the survivors are a little stronger, a little better. And they train the new wave, and everybody's a little stronger and a little better. Next time, you deal with it quicker. And then the bigger thing comes through, you don't need medication, your body's more ready, you got an army of more ready, and yeah, you're gonna lose some, but everybody who survived is a little better, and a little stronger, and they train the next wave, and that cycle repeats and repeats, and your body just ends up being able to defeat pretty much anything that comes through that is defeatable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a matter of training your body. I'm not discrediting uh, the power of the mind, I am a definite advocate of the ability of the mind. The mind is all powerful does whatever the fuck it wants it's amazing but um, i just wish i can use it in the same way when i have certain pains yeah you, you can know? you just have to sort of meditate through it you have to focus uh, think of these stories of people who completely uh, remove all sensation of pain and they can do crazy things that guy who just stood out completely nude in freezing degree jumped into the water, swam down there for a while, came back up, nothing happened. Why? Because he thought his way to it. Well, Pain is easily removable, but you got to meditate your way there. You got to be able to tell your mind what to do instead of let your mind do what it wants. Yeah. I practice every once in a while. Yeah. But I need to do it more. Uh, yeah, you ha it has to become habit. Yeah. Because it needs trouble. to be ritualized so that it's always better than it was. If it's once in a blue, you can get rusty and you do it 20 times, but you do it 20 times spread out within five years. It's, That's not really helpful. Yeah, you got rusty and then you got right back where you were and then you didn't do it again. Then you got rusty and then you got right back where you were and then you didn't do it again. 
Yeah, practice makes perfect, like, in everything else. Yeah, you have to keep doing it, you have to ritualize the thing you're doing, you know, for a course of time, you'll improve and get better at it. That is the way to do it, and in the case of the weight loss, that's kind of what happens. There were uh, several control groups, and people really used the power of their mind. They uh, they were just supposed to envision exercising and envision losing weight. Just think their way to it. Picture it. Uh, think of different information that could relate to it, how it would work. And just the brain messing with this information. Visuals and number crunching and just all the random crap that they were in there. They burned so many calories. While the person actually working out couldn't sweat as many calories as the brain used thinking. Man, that's a crazy story crazy experiment yes there's a bunch of experiments like that by the way you can look up a shit ton of experiments like that they're done all the time the power of the mind is one of the easiest things to experiment without abusing individuals because you can just have somebody sit and think and compare them to somebody else are they doing crazy things though no they're not attaching like fucking machines and i'm gonna inject some shit into your brain and see what happens i don't know but that swimming in cold water seems pretty crazy that wasn't an experiment Oh, that was just a random dude deciding yeah, to do that. Yeah, it's an extreme guy doing extreme things. Oh, okay. He was just very well trained, and he was showing, he was teaching people, look what I can do with my mind. That's actually how the guy was doing it. I don't remember his name. But okay, that... but he wasn't making them do that, too. No, no, no. He was displaying, and he was having people record him for proof that, look what I can do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like, um, what's that guy's name? That is pretty much doing, showing people how to use their minds. That he was sort of a magician first, but now he's getting into this type of thing of showing people that they could just be things with their mind. The he, illusionist? The illusionist. Oh, yeah. you're talking about Darren Brown? Yeah. Yeah, Darren Brown is phenomenal. He is a giant advocate of the power of the mind. Yeah, and he's just, just watching his shows, like the religions. The religion one where he's like curing people of things that like certain pains or whatever. And it's just because they think it. They think it's happening. So it's yeah. happening. He's controlling the placebo effect within their mind and causing that to take effect on them. And if we could just if we could just do that by ourselves, if we didn't need him to do it for us, that'd be so amazing. Here is a trick. You don't need him to do it for you. That is the trick. Anything you set your mind to, you can do, but you just got to convince yourself first you can do it. Yeah, but that's so much work. I mean, but it's worth the... Yeah, if you want the thing, why not do the work? Because then you can do it whenever you want to do it. That should be the goal. Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, man, if uh, I don't know if other people have seen the other weird things he's done, like getting that guy to pretty much risk his life to save another human being that he might not never have done beforehand yes that's phenomenal where he where the goal of the show is to try to convince a person to see if he can sacrifice his life for somebody he is essentially racist towards so crazy highly recommend it i think it's called sacrifice you should watch that see how that goes and that experiment that he did where he just had him sit across another person and just stare at him in the eyes that is a mind fuck that is a beautiful experiment that i wish people were just did commonly like just for fun maybe i don't know it just seems like it would help yeah it would it's a very strange experiment it forces you to sort of internalize a person and it's amazing Ah, just the mind oh my gosh it's so crazy the mind is everything the mind is everything Mm -hmm. we think we're a thing with a mind no we're a mind with a thing 
we're aligned with the thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're very wrong about how we think the mind works. We we always believe we know best. And we don't. There's no fucking way we can. That doesn't make any sense. But we definitely believe we fucking I don't know. But can we trust our mind also? Dun dun dun. The yes and no. It's not that no per se but it's what we think we're trusting what do we think we're trusting we mm. think we're we're visualizing reality we think we're perceiving reality and we're saying that's the mind no those are our senses mm. the senses are trying to send that to our mind our mind is doing the best it can but it can't send us every single information it's getting no it's doing everything it can with the battery which is the body with the battery it has. It's trying to put out the, the most efficient energy with the battery it has attached to it. But we're a shitty power source. Yeah, you really are. Yeah, and so it's working at minimal capacity. Yeah. Mm, that also reminds me of that game, Mind mind Game. That show, Mind Game. Oh, Mind Games, yeah. Yeah, yeah because right. they definitely show that, that the mind is uh, just this weird, flawed thing. Yeah, it's <sighs> doing its best, but you don't see every detail. It's impossible. It's impossible. We would burn out so quick. Yeah. But that's essentially what a vampire is. And I yeah. still don't believe a vampire is jacked up to 100. A vampire is a person that needs to keep feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding to keep the energy level way the fuck up. Because you're going to burn through it in seconds because all your th your intellect over the roof, your strength over the roof, like speed, everything, everything is jacked up so to the max. To keep consuming. Yes. And I still think a vampire is running at like twice what a human is, maybe? Like all that exaggerated shit we see is just like twice the brain power yeah that's it uh, that's it like there's so much more to go like a hundred percent is being god and you think what was it 20 percent yeah i think that they use maybe 20 30 percent in one shot at any given one moment and that's draining them to that level yeah they're barely alive yes they have to every day take one two people wow just yeah. to sustain mm -hmm. or deactivate their body entirely and their brain entirely and go hibernate and fucking rest for super long. Yeah. I mean, as long as they want, I as guess. As long as they want, know. yeah. However however long whatever they consumed can sustain them for. And I'm sure that that is some sort of hibernating state where they probably need to consume a lot before they go do that. Mm -hmm. To sustain them for longer. Man, go read Anne Rice's Vampire Books. No, so good. Yeah. Man, Lestat is the best. He also has drank Jesus' blood. Yeah, and the Queen of the Damned blood. Yeah, but I think Jesus is more amazing. I mean, he's not... He's Jesus, but he's less super-duper holy Jesus than he is, like, an OP prophet. Well, not in that story. He's actually God, though, in a human body. The body itself isn't... It's, like, holy blood, but again, it's not like this dude flies. It's not like this dude... He could, if he's God. No. God can fly. Yeah. He's... In but a he mortal human body. You can't make some mortal human body fly? Jesus is mortal. Jesus is kind of just a man. That's the, the that's the flip here. That in this case, if you were to pin Jesus versus Queen of the Damned, Queen of the Damned is more astronomical. Yeah. She's more fantastic. Or that lady. That red haired lady. I don't remember her name. Which red haired lady? She's a really old vampire also. Oh my god, all the old vampires and that shit overpowered as fuck. He yeah. has <laughs> he also drank so much old vampire blood yeah. on top of the queen and the fucking king and Jesus. Yeah. 
for it can be less that y- yeah nobody d easily it would be so easy for d yeah maybe that would be pretty because we just <laughs> find out if we just you know d versus less that unless that is showing off his crazy god level of power we find out in that in that book that d also did all of that what yep that's exactly how the story would go it's like yeah but d in his past also has some secrets and then you know he what his real him. secret is we do find his identity and he is shaggy from scooby-doo yeah and his potential is minimum right cool. now. He's using the minimum potential. Yeah. He has his power level. These fools one. think I'm using 1% of my power level. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, that was our summary of the episode you guys just heard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that our summaries never veer off? We never, we never stray from topic. All of that had to do with the mind, I guess. Vampires. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I had to do everything with everything, guys. But no, I do hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed this spiral out of that conversation. And uh, you know, you guys can find us at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the Jets Convo Pod. And find the podcast on the website, greatthoughts.info. Yes, and you can also get the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Etc. 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 So remember to subscribe, rate the show, and review it, and leave us a comment with stuff you want us to plug on the sh- at the beginning of the episode. If you somehow, somehow made it to this ending part of the show and have no idea what we did at the beginning, we talked about stuff that other people told us to talk about. Yeah, listen to other podcasts that they suggested and then we went ahead and talked about their shows so Mm -hmm. you guys can do that let us know about your shows and we go talk about your shows if we like them well even if we don't like them but if we don't like them we're probably just gonna shout them out and keep it moving yep and let someone who might like this show know about it yes word of mouth is the most powerful tool people know to suggest this program to anybody you know who would like to think who likes to critically think who likes to hear discussion, uh, who likes philosophy, to play with information, to process, to have perspective, to think of things in different ways. And have fun with that. Yes. And somebody who likes us, maybe you guys like us. Be maybe. our friends. Be our Rate friends. us. Rate us. That's how you show that you like us. Yes. That's how you show you want to be in our lives. You rate yeah. us, and then we'll ignore you afterwards. It's great. Yeah. It's or you can just write to us. Yeah, leave us a comment. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll talk about what you want us to talk about. Let us know what that would be. Yes, that would be awesome. That's what we did in um episode, I think, the first episode of season two was actually Jesus Pagan gave oh us a question God, about yes. what we believed in of um the gods and religions and stuff like that. And we did a two-part episode on that. Yeah, yeah. The first part episode was us discussing a multitude of different religions and beliefs and then the second one was us breaking down our own interpretation of such things ah, i totally forgot about that yeah jesus you've been involved for a while yeah thank you yeah guys so other guys do that Woke. and listen to those episodes those are really good episodes see i guess it's episode one and two of season two of season two yeah Anyways, this has been the Just Conversation Podcast. Take nothing personal. Thank you for listening. And goodbye. Bye.
Yeah, some shit like that. Like, how long does it take before we're just like, okay, then we gotta start a new government? Does that, that happen? I don't know. That's what. That's like, really where we should it, be. I mean, if it hap- if it's like a year into the government shutdown, are we still like? At that point, there is no government. <laughs> what are we waiting for leadership exactly. for? Exactly. Like, but what are? <laughs> what is hap- What's the next step if it doesn't turn on or? But you shut know what or- <laughs> happens. You know what really this goes into? What? Thanking Trump, because then we end up building a freaking new government because trump didn't we already think the system was broken so we scratched it and built a new one it took freaking trump to do that we're not gonna do that we're too lazy yeah we're too we're lazy do the same thing over again he's literally giving us an opportunity to be like damn government shutdown's been happening for a while maybe we start a new government we're still not gonna do it a when year hits by and we're still just gonna be waiting probably how long do we wait till we start rioting about this no one's gonna riot. No, we are not, not friends. friends. We don't unite. We don't unite. We don't unite. We're That's just not a watching thing we do. and waiting. 